Sports and extracurricular activities are and will always be about personal development. These activities build relationships and can lay a foundation for lifelong learning. As athletes, coaches, and teammates, we have substantial influence during practices and on the playing field. But off the field, that's when a parent's guidance comes into play. On today's episode, we'll break it all down. I'm Dorian Jackson, along with JJ Williams. Welcome to Life is a Game of Inches. JJ, we are back for number two. Welcome to number two, baby. Number two. Wow. Life is a game of inches, my friend. It is. Game of inches. And uh, today's topic, what are we talking about? Well, before we talk about today's topic, how'd you like number one? Number one was a blast. Number one was fantastic. I got great reviews from my family who now think they're the greatest family in the world. They have no idea what's coming. We're going to pick them apart. Do they know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I think we've, we've figured that part out so far. Well, I, I tell you, I've gotten great feedback as well. The vibe is great. The environment is great. Man, I'm so happy that we connected, Jay, because uh, we're going to do a lot of fun things and uh, and talk about everything from A to Z. I mean, I'm I don't I couldn't find anything bad about the last podcast. I thought you lacked a little energy. What? <laughs> <laughs> were you high? I thought you uh, I thought you did really well. I was impressed. It was as if it was maybe, you know, your third or fourth podcast ever. I mean, I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm a professional. So you do a few Facebook lives and you think you you think you're the best in the world now. Well, no. No, but at least our transparency came through. At least that's what I'm hoping for. And we got to smoke good cigars together and talk and our listener or one listener. <laughs> no, for, we had two. Okay, if our two listeners enjoyed our banter, and I walked away with it learning something and doing something new in my life, then it was a win for me. It's always going to be a win. One, we get to hang out together, smoke cigars, and chop it up for about 45 minutes to an hour. And as you know, JJ, there's there's always different areas that we can talk about, especially as parents, whether or not we're talking specifically about athletes or we're just talking about the kid who's going to a piano recital. There is this thing that happens during that ride to piano recital, football practice, game, baseball, whatever you want to call it, and the ride home. There is something that goes on. I'm not even I'm not going to use the term magical, but there's something that happens in that ride. So we're going to essentially talk about the ride to and the ride from an event that takes place with a child. I mean, we can almost basically call it the ride home. The ride home. So this is good, bad. We're, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to try and touch on as much as we possibly can in the time that we have. See, we, we, we talk about the ride home, but I think there's a lot that happens the ride to. Not mm. just what happens after, right? That's going to be like the wow factor. But what about what happens when you're riding to an event with your child? Well, I got, I got to ask a question. Do kids still ride buses to sporting events? Well, I think before COVID they did. Okay, okay. So they so some sports, you know, at least if you're junior high or above, you're still in the bus to a game. I think so. Because there were some great, great times I had in the bus going to games. Oh, now, it's, it's the best. And then in the summer, like we we're playing summer ball, it was going to the baseball game in my dad's van. 
Like it was the greatest, like everyone wanted to be in coach's van. But that ride to and from a sporting event or again, a piano recital or, or a dance event, being in a bus with your peers, with your coaches to and from a game, that's a little bit different than going to that event with your parent. Dude, do you remember, did you ever, like, did they have spring formals when you were in like junior high? Dude, I was in junior high so long ago. I don't even know what a spring formal is. Did they, they had cars. Like you, you got driven. What what do you, what do you think? I was on a horse and buggy. Well, I'm, just I'm not saying, JJ. Bro. I'm not even 55 years old, yeah, bro. I'm just saying, bro. I mean, we had a car. We could afford well, I a car. I wanted to make sure you had a car. We had a car. We I had didn't a, know. We had a Logan Pinto. Heights. I wasn't sure. Dude, we had a Pinto. No, you did not. We had a Pinto station wagon, baby. I got to go to my sporting events with my pops in a Pinto station wagon. Did it have the sideboards that were like kind of wood? Yeah. No, they didn't. There was only one. It was a white Pinto with with that, that fake sandalwood on the inside. White walls? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Hubcaps. What I wouldn't give for you to have that car right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, I bring up the spring formal because I remember very clearly my dad driving me to go like I'm all dressed up and driving me to the girl who I had asked to go to the dance. And we had a conversation. He said, listen, you got to be respectful. You make sure you open doors. I mean, he went through the whole thing with me in the car, prepping me for this dance. And I remember being a kid being like, dad, I got it. Dad, I got it. But I'm listening. Even though I'm saying I'm good, dad, I'm good. I'm listening the whole time. And he had some gems for me in there. Well, yeah, because you're you're going to a dance event, but you, could you imagine being that kid who, I don't know, didn't perform well the last time out? I mean, that, I, I think it's cool that you talk about going to a spring formal and getting some advice from your pops. But, and I think those are the times that most adults will look back on and say, you know, that that quiet time with our parents, we're cruising, we're going somewhere where there's no expectation. Sure. Or see, there's no ex- really no expectation other than behave yourself, right? Yeah, behave yourself. Right. But what about if you're going to a singing event or a baseball game or some whatever your kid is doing at the time, and the last time out, you didn't do so well, and now you have to listen to your parent tell you all the things that you didn't do right the previous event, and now you have to do better this event. We're not, we haven't even gotten to what's going to happen when you don't do well again. And now you're on your way back home. Hmm. We're talking about, Hey, you're getting ready. You got yourself dressed up. You're ready to go kill it. And you got to listen to that parent who's going to tell you all the things you didn't do right the first time. And now they're going to remind you about all those things you didn't do right the first time. Now, Dorian, last game, you had serious issues with the curveball. Today, I know that's not going to be a problem, is it? You're going to be prepared because we we worked on that. So you're going to be prepared for that curveball today, aren't you, Dorian? Aren't you, JJ? JJ, you're not going to step in the bucket today, are you? I remember that. Right. I remember that. And how uncomfortable were you in that ride to that event? Mm. And how much did that get into your psyche before you even got there? Well, I mean, some of this, though, is, I mean the prep, right? The prep that's been, or or maybe not the prep, the, the amount of times you've done this. And sometimes that serious talk, and then other times not the serious talk. 
if I did go, it, it was very few and far between. Because remember, from the first episode, I was an all-star. So it was few and far between that I had bad games. And I still yet to have received that that request of seeing all-star pictures and trophies. Well, I mean, those are... Those really, are in the family museum. I don't museum. really know if they exist. They're in the family museum. But okay, I'll take your word for it. So I was very good. So, and if we haven't talked about it, we should, I mean, we can talk about it as much as you want. But I was, a, I was an all-star. Uh, wasn't very many games where I didn't, you know, do very well. However, I do remember a very clear day when during practice that whole week, I really did get this tick in my swing where I was stepping in the bucket. And I remember very clearly my father before the game, he did that thing where he just kind of put his arm around me. And it wasn't like a dad walking the son to the baseball game. It was the arm around me right after we got out of the car. And he said, now there'll be no stepping in the bucket today. Will there JJ? And I said, no pop, I got it. It's, it's all good. It's all good. He goes, good. Cause we spent a lot of time working on that. You better make sure that foot goes forward and that doesn't go into the hole. I remember that talk. Right. Okay. But look at it this way, Jay. I mean, he prepped me up big time. On the way to the game, there's some level of encouragement there. Now, mind you, your dad was coaching you. So it might be a little bit different versus the kid who's going to an event and the parent has a level of expectations and the kid is not meeting those expectations. I can rest assure you that conversation on the way to that event isn't going to be maybe as kind as you've just laid it out that your dad had with you. You think? We we know it happens like that all the time. I mean, imagine you're you're a, a 15-year-old soccer player and you're a goal scorer in the last couple of games you haven't put the ball in the back of the net and your parent has expectations of you going to college and beyond. Do you don't think that conversation on the way to that next event is going to be pretty harsh? Now, mind you, it's not, it's not, that's not the best time to do it. And we can all sit here and talk about the best time to do any kind of coaching is when practice is taking place. Once, once game day comes or once your, your recital event comes, whatever it is that you're performing, once that day comes, it's game time. The worst thing you can do as a parent is get into the psyche of your child and get them thinking about things that are not helping them focus on what they have to accomplish today because they're like, oh, I don't want to let mom and dad down. See, they went from being excited about the performance. They went from thinking about all the things that they worked on with their coaches during practice. And now they've got to think about this other set of expectations being given to them by a parent. It didn't seem like your dad did that to you. He didn't take you far off your game. He just gave you a simple reminder. True. True. Now, don't you think there's a difference between a reminder <coughs> and everything else? I have felt this from talking with you in the past, as well as a little bit in the last episode. And I got to tell you, there are some things I'm disagreeing with you about. And here's what it is. Some of the best players I ever played with and some of the best players I ever coached had really rough parents. I mean, tough. Tough, tough, tough on them. And they were great. So where does this idea that maybe you're not going to put pressure on? I mean, like, where is it coming from from you? Because honestly, like my one of my closest friends growing up, 
I talked about him in the last episode. He was the coach that yelled and screamed at me, and he got things for me that no one else could get for me. He did the same thing with his son. So let me break it and down. His son was fantastic. Let me break it down to you this way. So help me out okay, because me, I don't let get. Let me it. break it down to you this way. You take 10, 10 kids, all doing, performing, playing different sports. Again, dance, piano, whatever it is that they're doing. You take ten of those kids, and yes, you're right. Some of those kids are going to be wired differently because of the environment that they've grown up in. They're used to being pushed. They're used to being yelled at, right? Okay. Absolutely. From the time that they were two or three or four years old, this is sort of the way it was set up. But we're talking percentages here. We're talking the ability to understand and recognize who it is that you're dealing with, i.e. the parent and and the child. Okay. Being able to put them in the best possible situation. All I'm saying is if if you want to increase your chances of that child having success, you have to know when and when not to insert yourself into the equation. Okay. So I'm a parent. My kid is, uh, I haven't pushed and pushed. I haven't set any big time expectations. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not like a, an ex, you know, college baseball player or something like that. I'm, I'm let's just call like normal parent person. Right. Okay. And what you're, I want to hear from you. What is it that I can do for my kid pre-game, on the way, in the car? Tell, like, like, literally tell me some phrases because this is the one thing I want to get from these episodes, right? I want to hear from people saying back, wow, that one phrase, that one thing. I talked about it last time. You talked about effort, right? Mm-hmm. And I used that with my with my daughter. I and, used it with my and daughter. It worked great, didn't it? Well, shh. Dude, so here's how it goes. She gets back, she gets back from Mathnasium, which is a math tutoring program we have her in because she's not struggling with math, but we just want her to do better than she's doing. And usually she gets back in the car and I say, hey, hon, how'd it go? Oh, fine. Went fine. Oh, that, that's it? Like, you know, did you learn anything? Oh, you know, we did the same stuff. We did, you know, drills, things like that. Right? That's normal. So this time she gets in the car and I'm prepared after the first episode. I'm prepared. She gets in the car and I say, honey, how did math Mathnasium go today? Did you feel like you put forward a good effort? And she said, huh? What What did you just say? I said, did you feel like you put forward a good effort? She goes, well, I tried as, as hard as I could and we practiced a lot. And I was like, that's fantastic. And she says, Thanks, Dad. That's that's cool. I was like, freaking Dorian knows what he's talking You're like, about. Damn, that stuff works. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, but but so but, you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing I want people to get so, here because so, I need to hear it. So JJ, think about this, right? On the way, okay. If I'm if I'm a young athlete and, and I'm going to play a sport or performance, here are a few things that I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with the emotions. I'm dealing with the emotions of the event. I'm dealing with the emotions of my family, parents. I'm dealing with my teammates. I maybe have some self-doubt because the last time out, I didn't perform as well. Maybe I didn't have a good day of practice, right? So emotions, self-doubt. I want to win. I want to do well for my teammates. I want to please my coaches. I want to uh, avoid any level of peer pressure I'm going to have if I don't perform well. And again, I'm basing that off of my previous performance. JJ, think about this. How many times did 
either one of us or people that are, 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 are athletes go out and absolutely smash it, kill it, have a, the game of their life. The next time we are going back to perform, no one says anything to us because our past performance was good. And everyone's going, man, eh, he's probably going to live up. She or he is going to live up to that same level of expectation. But what if it doesn't happen again? Now I'm a failure. Now my coach, my parents, my teammates don't believe in me. There's a lot of things that are going on in the mind of a young kid. They don't need that additional added pressure prior to the event. Now, if you want to have a conversation during practices afterwards and you have the right approach, but the reality of it is, is we need to understand that there's a time and place to have those conversations. And the only thing we should be doing on the way to that event is encouraging. Hey, have a great game. Have a great recital. I'm excited for you. Everyone in the world doesn't get a chance to do things like this. So what you're saying, Dorian, so what you're saying is, is that you ju- it's all like rainbows and unicorns going on. No, I, I didn't say that whatsoever. What, what do you what, mean? What I'm saying, though, is only encouragement. No, what I'm saying, I'm not. What I'm saying is avoid anything that's going to distract them from what the focus should be. Hey, listen, let me ask you a question. When you're on your way to work. Yes. You got one focus. Get to work. Open up on time. Get into a routine. Yes. What if your boss called you up on the way to work in the morning and starts laying into you about the previous day's sales, previous day performance, ashtrays didn't get emptied, and you left the doors unlocked before you're on your way to work? You're like, it's going to throw you off your game. True. So why do we want to get in the car and throw off our children's game when they've got enough on their mind to focus on? Because we want them to do their best. And so putting additional pressure on them is going to help them do their best. Okay. Point well taken. Now, again, I'm not saying that you should not have those in-depth conversations. There's a time and place for it. The place is, hey, I showed up to practice to watch my kid perform and they didn't perform very well. And I want to have that conversation the next time on the way to practice and say, hey, the last practice out, you didn't look like you put forth much effort. You think you can put forth a little bit more effort today? I'm not saying it's all peaches and cream. I'm just saying there's a time and place for it. So kids are going to perform better if you in the car are going to just be encouraging. You know what? I'm not saying you, they're performing. You're going to be the say- best. I'm not saying they're you're performing. You're going to do awesome. I'm not saying they're going to perform the best. I'm I'm, no, no. I'm asking because I don't oh, – I, I get question. it, but thought, I'm trying to I get it. that was a rhetorical No, 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 no. no like, no, like so – like can we role play it? Sure. Because I want to understand like if I did this to my kids where I was like, you know what, son, you, you're going to tackle great today. How about we just not say anything on the way to the event? How about we just get in the car? Hey, I'm excited to go watch you perform today and drive. (laughs) You know how hard that would be? Listen to music. Tell me you haven't done that. Uh, Plenty of times. Tell me you have sat silent. Plenty of times I got in the car and drove my kids to their event and didn't say a word other than, hey, have a great game today. Wow. That's surprising as much as you like to talk. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's a time and place for it. I I, I got to be honest with you. This is a new concept. I made the mistake early it's on. It's a new concept. I made the mistake early on. Mis- one mistake? No, I made multiple mistakes in the car with my kids taking to events. And I recognized all I did was put undue pressure on them. Again, I just listened. They got emotions, self-doubt, wanting to win, wanting to please everybody, including their parents. The peer pressure that's put on them. 
and their previous performance. All these things are running in their mind. They don't need me to put undue pressure on them to perform. Okay. All right. So I got it. Because you don't like the same. You don't like that pressure when you got to go to work. No, I got it. I got that part. Okay. All right. So if your kid is in the car going there and they're quiet, then you be quiet. Absolutely. Okay. What if, let's play the what if, what if son in the back seat says, dad, these guys got some big dudes on the other team. I'm a little nervous. Then what? It's okay to be nervous. So we're just going to continue with like just upping their confidence there. Hey, it's going to be okay. Let them lead the conversation. Okay. All right. right? I like that. Hey, you know what, dad? These guys are big. I'm a little bit nervous. It's okay to be nervous. You've played against bigger kids before, but these kids are big, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get crushed out there. This is an exact conversation I have with my son. And you know what? There's a good chance that you may get crushed, <laughs> <laughs> but you still got to put out your best effort. See, cause that's so different. Like I think my response was, well, go out and hit them hard, go hit them hard. You know, like do your best to hit them as hard as you can and they won't seem that big. And that's okay. Oh, it is? But what you're not doing is is you're not putting undue pressure on your kid when you say that. You go, hey, that's go true. out there and hit them hard. That's true. You're basically you're, you're coaching them up to perform the way they feel they need to perform. But you're not doing anything to discourage their performance. So this isn't a distraction method. Like, okay, we're just going to distract away from a very stressful situation that's coming up. This is actually just creating a safe environment. Exactly. Okay, because, you know, I've talked very positively about my father as a coach, but I think that some of the times when he was driving us to games and he's playing loud music and going crazy, to especially like playoff games and real big games, I think he was just trying to keep us quiet so we weren't talking to each other and getting nervous and just distraction. That's another, is that like another option? Is, or what, how do you feel about that option? Well, th- think about when you've, um, when you've got to come in and do your, uh, your, your Fuente Friday shows. My you, Facebook you live shows. You do a Facebook yeah. live show, right? Yeah. What do you do before a Facebook live show? You get hyped. You listen to I some do. good music. I right? do. You get yeah. fired up. You stay away from all the negativity, don't you? I do. I try very hard. So on the way to an event with your kid, stay away from, that's the message today. Stay away from the negativity. Anything that's going to drive them to think that they can't live up to a certain level of expectations, just stay away with. Stay, stay away from. It's their, it's their, it's their plan. It's, it's what they're doing. It's not yours. You've had your time in this in the, in the limelight, right? It's their yeah, turn. But you feel so bad for your kid when they don't perform well. Oh my gosh! I mean, you feel terrible. It's the worst. It literally is the worst. Right. On the way to an event, I think it's just one of the most critical elements that I learned as a parent is to just be supportive, knowing that the process that they're going through will take care of itself. They've already practiced. They've already prepared. They've already gotten ready. Let everything take care of itself. Now, I'm not talking about what's going to happen on the ride home. That's a whole nother ballgame. That's the next half. That's the next half. Let's keep in this first half here because this is very interesting to me. But I'm telling you, think about, think about the last time you rode in the car, going somewhere to perform and do something. And you got that phone call. Oh, no. This is happens to me half of the times I'm driving home. So I leave work. And what I try and do is I, I have a little cigar and I drive. I've got about a 20-minute drive. 
from work to home. And I like to use that 20 minutes. I put my top down. I put it whatever good CD or on my phone. I play some music and I get into a mode because I got to go from work mode to home mode. And half the time, no joke, dude, 15 minutes into my drive, I am almost ready. And I get that bing on my phone and it's my wife. When are you coming home? And it throws my jam into, oh no, something's going on at home. And that whole transition stopped. Okay, I got a question it for you. It just stopped, dude. I, okay, all right. We're going to get back to that in a second, but I have a question for you. You have six kids, uh-huh. and at some point in time, in while they're in school, and you have what? A couple still in school. Yeah, one. One more in school. Lily's still in school. Lily's still in school, yes. And she's, you say she's being tutored on math. Yes. And she's got to get up the next day and take a math test. Are you going to sit down and have a conversation with her about not failing that test, about not getting C's, D's, and F's in that class? Are you telling her that she was horrible the last time? Don't forget what you have, what kind of grade you brought home last time. Are you going to give her the write-up about how bad things are? Or, or you, of course not. Okay, but wait, aren't we talking about the same thing? Whether it's in a car, it's in the house before they perform. Are you going to get in on them for what you think they need to do better than they did last time? Are you going to? Come on, because I'll see Lily soon, and I'll ask her what you did. Okay, I have failed in that way sometimes, yes. Oh, so you have put undue pressure on her before she of takes Of course. Steps. And how do you think she's going to go into that test and respond, knowing that, oh, my gosh, my dad just yes, laid into me? terrible. Right, and then when she does terrible, she, uh, it just validates exactly what we're talking about. All right, well, what have you done? I mean, seriously, have you always been, like, just Mr. Encouragement? You know, JJ, we're not talking about me right now. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, of course we're not. No, we're talking That's about right. you. Dr. Dorian. We're talking about you. Taking care of me again. We're talking about you. Me and all my prior you tried, mistakes. You tried to walk me into something and you didn't think I I'm, had the answer to I'm it. I'm telling you right now, I guarantee you, you have a you have a son playing at the highest level of a sport. You have another son playing at freaking the highest level in college. I am guaranteed you had a conversation at some point and said, why did you go off your game? Why did you do the things you did? Now that's after, but I bet you before you were like, you know what? You know the game plan today. You know, you better do the game plan today. You better follow what that coach told you to don't go off on your own. Don't go start doing your own thing. Follow the game plan. Follow the game plan. I'm just going to admit that my kids are better athletes than I was. <laughs> so it was easier. I'm just going to say that, you know what? My kids, I was a pretty good athlete. I was a pretty good athlete. But my kids are better athletes in their sports than I was in my sport. No question. But but I the things that I, I talk about, the things that I teach, were strictly from it's trial and error. Like I recognize that there was nothing – my goal – was for them to be successful. Their goal was to perform at the highest level at whatever level they were playing at. And everything that I did that did not support that, it made it counterproductive. I can't tell my son, hey, listen, at at 10 or 12 years old, hey, you know, go in there and hit a home run. Because now all he's thinking about is hitting a home run. Then he doesn't hit a home run. He thinks he let dad down. How about this? Hey, son, have a great game. Do your best. And if we need to practice more, I'll be there to help you practice more. How about that conversation on the way to an event? Or, hey, son, you know what? You have a game in two days. The last game, you didn't like how you performed in the net as a goalkeeper. 
Do you want to work on some additional stuff before your next game? How about how about identifying and recognizing that their goals and your goals are completely different and do what you can to help them? Isn't that what we should be doing? Because guess what? When you found out that Lily needed help with math, what'd you do? You got her a math tutor. Well, that's because I can't do fifth grade math, man. I don't think you can do second grade math, but we're not talking <laughs> tell about you, your I math had a lot of math problems. That is hard stuff. It, it's very difficult. But again, we recognize she needed help. That's it. We recognized. If we recognize as parents that our kids need help because they're not performing at the level that they believe they can perform at, not that you believe they can perform at, but their their level of understanding of how they can perform. If we're not giving them the help and support they need, then we're failing as parents. So again, that whole ride to an event, there's a lot of things you have to look at. There's practices. They're sitting at home having discussions. It doesn't have to all be super nice, but it has to be some level of support because at some point, JJ, you're going to start to discourage them from wanting to even do it. Okay. I'm good with that. I can go with that. Now I'm really interested to hear what this second half is. So now the performance, now the day of school is over, the the game is over, whatever it may be is over. And now there's that time where you've packed your bag up, whatever has happened has happened. And now you got to start that walk to the car and then you got to get in that car and then you got to go home. Because that part to me is where significant damage can happen, especially from what we say as parents. So I'm, I'm going to tee it up for you this way, Jay. There's four things that can happen in the short term, whether it's the ride to or the ride home, that is coming from sort of what I would call negative behavior on the parents' part. One is they flat out just don't want to do it anymore. If every time I get ready to go to a sporting event, or a recital of some sort, and I've got to listen to my parent tell me how bad I am even before I perform, <coughs> I'm not going to want to do it anymore. That's number one, right? So, okay. Number two, it creates distance between you and your child. Like I, I'd like to, I like to tell this story about how your kids are born, you know, uh, you get to hold them for the first time, and then all of a sudden they start to grow up and all you do is keep them close to you. And all of a sudden they get to the point where they start playing sports and you start pushing them to be better. You start, you know, doing whatever it is that you're doing that doesn't come across as positive as it should be. You're starting to create distance between you and that kid. So how is it you go from, oh my gosh, this is the most important thing. This is the greatest thing in the world. And I'm never going to let this child go farther than arm's length away from me. But then you start putting undue pressure on them and they don't even want to be around you anymore. How's that? How would that make you feel if your kid didn't want to be around you because you put undue pressure on him? See here again, where is the line between undue pressure and maybe the responsibility we either have or we want to have in helping them be their best? It's a very fine line. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I, I do, Jay. It's a it's a fine line, but it's it's. Haven't we talked about the word awareness many times? just private conversations about being aware. How, how is it that we as parents cannot be aware that what we're doing to our kids is detrimental to our relationship? When they don't want to be in the car with us, when they don't want to be around us, is that a sign that, you know what, well, maybe what I'm doing is not right? Well, yeah, but that's really hard to change. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not that easy. Right, okay. And I'm coming as a, so, a parent who has made those mistakes 
way more than I'd like to admit. Right. So let me let me let me go on to again what it's causing within the relationship. One, again, they don't want to play anymore. Two, they don't want to be around the parent. The parent isn't doing the things that they should be doing to learn and grow and develop as a better parent in supporting these events. So that's that's an issue. And then are we really teaching them to be a better person and a better teammate and eventually at some particular point a better employee if what we're showing them is counterproductive to them growing? I mean, imagine you hiring somebody in your workplace today that doesn't have the necessary set of skills for you to be able to encourage them and help them grow. I can rest assured you it probably goes back to when they were younger in their in their youth days that they didn't have that environment, that positive environment that helped them grow and learn. So there's a lot of things, a lot of bad things can come from it. Now, let's talk about the good things that come from it. It comes from from that ride to. <laughs> I know we want to talk about the ride home, but the ride to. What do we lose by encouraging? Hey, Lily, I'm excited for you to take that math test today. You've worked really hard this week on your math exams. You worked really hard when you went to tutoring this week. You know what? You might have gotten a C last time, but you know what? You're, you're going to knock it out of the park this time around. Like, what do we lose by doing that? We don't lose anything. But what do we lose by, hey, listen, you know, last time you got a C. I hope you put in the work this week. I hope you paid attention to your tutor. You know, if you don't do good in class, I'm going to take away your phone. What do we lose then? Because you've done that. You're laughing because you've done it, huh? You're laughing because you've been that parent. Yeah. Yep. And I'll you, be I'll be the honest one here. I am absolutely been oh, that I'm gonna guy. I'm going to be honest too. I've been that guy too. I mean, that is a skill. Let's be honest. I have absolutely said, hey, so, you know, the homework you did all week let's uh let's put that to work on this test coming up uh smash it now i never said if you don't do well you're gonna like lose your phone you know there's parents that have said that i'm sure i'm sure there's parents out there like that push and push and push their kid in their academics in that way and i can see that i haven't necessarily been that person when it comes to academics it's more like cleaning the room and all the like responsibilities that kind of stuff but I hear you and and it resonates. It resonates. So so I think we can all agree. I just want to make sure we wrap this up before moving on to the next topic. We can all agree that changing the course of that conversation does take some level of effort. It does take some level of awareness. True. And it takes some level of patience. It's reframing how you're going to look at that situation with your child on the way to the game. Correct. On the way to the performance. And, and, it's and it's again, positivity without being like unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you may have to say something a and little the, bit and more the direct. Impor- the other important thing you said was let them lead. Let them lead. Let them lead the conversation. That's right. That I, that, I got that from the right. first half. That's right. Now you might be listening and go, okay, so Dorian, I think Jay just said earlier. So you're perfect. no, but not by any stretch of the imagination was I perfect in raising two really amazing men today. Um, but it was all by making mistakes. I mean, I made a lot yeah. of mistakes. I have a picture. I'll have to show it to you, JJ. I have a picture of, of my oldest son sitting on the back of the tailgate of my forerunner. And he's like nine and he's playing two levels up in baseball. And he didn't have a good game. And I'm sitting there and I am just chewing him out. Like you can see his face and you can see my finger. And I'm just like ripping him a new one after the game. Well, I mean, that's... we haven't even gotten in the car yet to go home. Right. And I'm already tearing him a new one. 
which goes completely against what you're supposed to be doing. Right? I agree. I agree. I, I, I want to hear about that ride home. Well, what was what was that ride home like? I don't remember exactly what happened on the ride home because I think I, 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 I don't even think I was allowed to even take him home. I think he jumped in the car with his mom after I got done with him. Wow. I don't even think he wanted to go home with me. So I'll tell you this. I never had that. So there, And you, I never did that. You never had that? I never did that. Did you? I had that happen to me. Oh, you did? I did. So so last episode, you talked about how perfect your, of a coach your dad was. You saying he tore you a new one on the way home one time or multiple times? There was a time. There was a time? It was my fault. You're going to be more specific? It was my fault. What'd you do? I hit a home run. Wait a second, dude. Okay. You're saying that you got chewed out by your pops after a game on the way home because you hit a home run. Well, I hit a home run and then I hit another home run. So you hit two home runs. I did. I hit two home runs. Were they inside the park home runs? Nope, 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 nope. They were out. You don't look like Gone. you had that kind of power. Yeah, I had power. Okay. So, so. You- and then the next time up, um, we, we were winning and um, he gave me a bunt sign. He, he wanted me to bunt after hitting two home runs. So I stepped out of the box and I did the thing with the fingers where, you know, like, hey, run through the signs again. Yeah. You, you must be wrong. And he says, you know, gives me the sign for the bunt again. I step out of the box one more time. He calls timeout and he comes down the line and he says to me, if you don't bunt, I'm going to take you out of the game. I said, you said two home runs. What, what are you doing? He said, you bunt or you're out of the game. So I get up there. I bunt. I get thrown out at first. I go to the bench after the game. Whoo, boy. Pulled me aside and he ripped me up and down. I am the coach. If I tell you to bunt, you bunt. If I tell you to run, you run. If I tell you to jump, you jump. I don't care. I was trying to teach you a lesson and you're so arrogant and so ego driven. You didn't even want to listen. You didn't know why I wanted you to bunt. Blah, 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 blah. Bam. All the way home. The whole way home. I heard it over and over and over. And the reason I bring this up is because guess what I did the next time we had a game? I sure in the hell hope you bunted. I bunted when I was asked to bunt, did a steal when I was told to steal. I hit the hit and run when it was time to hit and run. And I listened after that. Now, I translated that into things that I do as a parent. And I've realized that that's not always the best way to do things. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this podcast, because there is a line about where parents can push their kids to learn to do things differently. And that was one way. I wouldn't say it was the most beneficial way, but I didn't do anything after that. Well, I would I would give Papa Williams a high five if he was here right now. Oh, you give him a high five? I would give him a high five. Where's all the positiveness and the, hey, son, let's go out there and give it your best effort, Mr. Dorian. Way to go, best effort boy. I don't really sound like that, by the way. No, you don't. Okay, I, all right. I just true. want to make sure that... We agree that I don't sound like that. <laughs> but <clears throat> here's why I would give your pops a high five. All right. High five for pops. Because he didn't treat you any different than anyone else. If any other player on that team did not listen to the signs, he probably would have got on them just as hard as he got on you. Maybe a little bit different tone, but he would have made sure they understood that he was a coach. I, to this day, will argue with him about that the only reason he did that was because I was his son. You know, I can't wait to, to talk to him. teach me a lesson. I can't wait to talk to him because I'm. we're, we're going to park on that topic. He had to teach me a lesson. Yes, he would have taught any kid on that team the right. same lesson. If he's a good coach, which I understand he was a really yes. good coach, he would have taught every kid on that team the same lesson for doing the same thing that you did, which is dis- disobeying 
a direct order from his coach. We're not talking about that. We're talk. Here's what we're talking about. Kid gets home from say say. Let's talk about a kid who's who's playing the piano and has a, a recital. Three hundred people in the audience. Kids practice all week. Kids done exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Gets up there and makes some mistakes. But you know what? There's a scholarship on the line. Oh my! And all of a sudden, that kid recognizes they made a mistake. They did everything they can to atone for that mistake. But they get in the car after that that piano recital. And here's what that parent sounds like. What's your problem? Why did you make that mistake? Didn't you practice all week? Didn't you know what you were supposed to do? Did, don't you know this is going to cost you a scholarship opportunity because you blew it? I can't believe you did that. You're an embarrassment. Oof. Okay, so so like, Oof. right? Think think about that. And Oof. you know that there is there are many parents out there Oof. who made statements like that at every level of a young child's life. Parents have done that. Now, mind you, there's probably some parents who haven't done it because they just don't, like they've never performed at high levels. They didn't have anything on the line. They're just. They're, they're compassionate, nice people. Right. Who just super, who just super kind awesome. and sweet people. And, right? like, and then we don't have to, like those of us right. who don't have hearts right. just want to rip our kid's heart out. Right. I mean, yes. There, uh, yes. There, mind you, there's some, some people who listen and go, you know, Dorian and JJ, there are some really <laughs> sweet, kind parents out there. Who are not going to do that. Who are not going to do that. But there's a large majority. And we hope those people are listening right now. Who do that. And you know what they'll do? They'll justify that behavior and go, wow, you know what? That's the way I was raised. And my parents pushed me that same way. And I turned out pretty good. Or how about this one? I paid for those music lessons. Right. Damn straight. They better get that stuff right. That's right. That's I hear it. I hear it. I've heard that. I have heard that. And yet, there's about 70%. I've seen statistics, JJ, that say about 70% of kids between the age of 5 and 12 that played sports or performed at some level of something they've chosen to do that they liked and enjoyed, they quit. 70% quit at age 12 because of the amount of pressure that parents put on them. 70%? 70% quit. Now, a lot of times they'll switch playing a different sport. They'll do something. They'll do something completely different than what they were doing because they feel well. If I can't do it to please my parent this way, I'll just go do something completely different that the parent has no idea what they're what they're talking about. Really? Yeah. Seventy percent. So, so say they're a baseball player and their parents just berates them all the time. At twelve years old, they'll stop playing baseball and they go, you know what? I'll go play soccer because my parent doesn't know anything about soccer. So I'm going to go play soccer. So they can't teach me about soccer. They can't coach me about soccer. Hmm. Huh. There's some serious That's data out there that talks about, that. about parents driving kids away from something that they love doing between five and 12. And they just throw their hands up and say, I'm done with it. So you have to ask yourself the question, regardless of whether or not you were raised that way or not, is it the wrong thing or right thing to do? Clearly, to chastise your kid in a car on the way home after an event where, as I stated earlier, there's already peer pressure. They let down their team. They let down their peers. They let down the coach. They let themselves down, most importantly. They're the ones that have to live it with it until they play again or perform again. And the last thing they need is a parent to just ream them up one side and down the other on the way home. Is there any time that you can yell at them? Define yell. <laughs> Talking to in a firm voice? No, I hear you. I think I think you're right. I think that's just it's a hard thing for some parents to... To figure out and 
I hope that those that are listening actually can can process this about what kind of positive effect it can have. I mean, that's that's my hope. You know, I I, I started to think <clears throat> going through this with my own kids. I started to think about you know the way I was raised. My dad would show up at our sporting events, my brother and I, and he would just sit in the stands and he would just be happy he could be there. My dad was very. My dad had juvenile diabetes, so he he was sick most of his life. And eventually had to go and he lost his kidney, had to go through kidney dialysis and eventually uh, was a double amputee. My dad would leave dialysis on Friday evenings at five o'clock and go to our football games all bundled up because you know anything about dialysis. It just it churns your blood. Right. So you're you're cold most of the time uh, when you're going through dialysis and after And he would be bundled up in the stands and all he would do is watch. He wouldn't scream. He wouldn't yell. He would just watch. And afterwards, you know what he'd say? I'm just glad I could be here to watch you guys. That's awesome. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just happy that I could watch you guys perform. And, and as I as I, as I I grew as a parent with my kids, early on being hard on them, wanting to be better than they were performing at, not recognizing that they were actually doing the best they could, when I finally realized they're doing the best they can, and no matter what I say, it's not going to change the outcome of their performance to go, you know what, I just want to be there to watch you play versus, and and at the same time, create a really good relationship with your kids that they enjoy being around you. They enjoy performing for you, not just for themselves. Remembering, folks, our, our kids will do anything and everything they can to make us proud. That level of pressure we put on them, whether it's riding to an event or leaving an event, can change the outcome of that. And the question you have to ask yourself as a parent is, are you willing to live with that? Do you want to be, have your kid be 25, 30 years old and you don't have a good relationship with them because of what you did when they were younger? Do you think there are people out there who have really bad relationships with their children because of the perform the pressure they put on them to perform at a young age? I'm sure. I'm sure there are. Yeah. And what, yeah. And, and so as that parent, how do you live with that? How do you fix that? It's got to be hard. I mean, what we're trying to do is help people before they get to that point. Awareness. Right. I mean, so I, I think, I think for me, what I'd love to hear from you and maybe we do that kind of role play again of, okay, so you don't have the best game or you don't have the best performance. What is it like when you go to uh, the car? Like, how does it work out? What are the, what are the phrases? What are the, the options we have as parents to talk to our kids after, after something is, let's go with bad first. It didn't go well, didn't go as planned. So it, it's almost like for us folks that have jobs, you have a rough day at work. You want to decompress a little bit, maybe go home, shower, bath, cocktail, sit out by the fireplace, whatever it is that you like to do. And just sort of think about the day. Think about decisions that you made, Think about where you could have been better. And you don't want to be interrupted. You don't want your significant other rolling in, the, uh, you know, and hey, take out the trash, go to the grocery store. Hey, how was your day? It was crappy. And then start going in on you. You don't want that, do you? No. So I have to imagine that our children, after a performance that wasn't up to their standards, because think about it, Jay, if it's not up to their standards, it's probably not up to your standards. So there's... And, and I imagine in many cases, they own their performance. They, they get it, right? Hey, they're five years old. 
They get done playing. They were just happy to go get juice boxes. Eight years old. You know what? They're a little bit better. Maybe they want to make the all-star team. They didn't make the all-star team. You know what? They're already upset about not making the all-star team. They don't need you as a parent saying, hey, you suck. You didn't make the all-star team. Hey, you know, little Johnny's better than you are because he made the all-star team. They, they don't need that. I, get, I imagine what they need is time and space. So time and space on the ride home is first and foremost. Give them the time. They're going to be thinking about it anyway. Is this another one of those options where you let them lead? That absolutely. Yeah. So, so they have, you know, kid goes over three with three strikeouts. You don't need to remind them they went over three with three strikeouts. They already know that. So but, what about a, what about like? So how'd you feel about the game today? Why you already know they feel bad. All right. How, how about this, JJ? You go over three and three strikeouts. I go J. Yeah. You ready to go home? Sure. All right. Let's hop in the car and go home. That's it. Isn't that a beginning? Isn't that the start? What about? You don't like that good idea game. of just going home? Oh yeah, but okay, but now that's 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 no idea. That's, I didn't a, have a, that's good a game. lie. That's yeah, a bad a lie, game, right? right? Yeah. So why would you lie to your kid and go, "Hey, good game" when they well, went over three I mean, strikeouts? It's it's part of human nature. You want to talk. You want to something. And and what I'm learning through this episode is a level of control as a parent of almost like take a breather, right? Give some space and let the kid lead. And uh, maybe it's something you pick up another time. I mean, are we talking about this at all? Are we talking about the performance the next day? Not if they don't want to talk to... about it. Never. Ever. I don't know if I can get behind that, bro. Why? Is it is it your playing career that we're talking about or is it theirs? Well, how do you – What you're not even going to say, well, do you think you gave your best effort? I mean, we have no, nothing to process. You're saying there's nothing to process. Oh, there's a lot to process. I'm trying to figure out if you can figure it out. I, I don't think I can because I, I'm just sitting here going, well, so you're never going to talk about it? They get up there for their scholarship and they mess up on the piano. You're not going to say anything? I mean, like, nothing. Not even, like, how do you feel about that? What, uh, what do you think happened? Is there anything I can do to help? I mean, uh, uh, what do you say? This is what I'm, I'm, I need to get something from you, some phrases, senor. You want me, tell me. You want me to give you the, the, the magic, magic pick, I need, pixie dust? I need the magic of what to do when, you know, I'm going to have this. Lily's going to start dance classes soon. I'm sure she's going to have a, a dance performance one time, and I, I can't imagine she's going to be perfect. You know, so the, the only reason I'm hesitating to give you that information now is because I want you to really think about when you're in that situation as a parent and you, you identify Lily's coming up to that age where she's going to start to do them some things is having the ability to not say anything. See that JJ, that's the struggle we all have. I, again, I struggle with it. Wanting to say something, wanting to help looking at the, looking at their face and seeing that they're dejected. They're not happy with what went on. And all we want to do is fix it. What I'm trying to get you to think about, and I want listeners to think about is when this happens, knowing my kid, because remember, every kid is going to be different. Some kids want to get in the car and talk about it right away. And when they get in the car and want to talk about it, what are they going to do? Hey, how do you think I did today, dad? But if they get in the car and they're just sitting there quietly, what are you going to say? Do you lie to them and say, hey, great game? Do you say, by the way, their effort was bad and you go, hey, you know what? You didn't play well today, but man, you put forth a lot of effort. 
Well, in many instances, effort and results go together, right? But in, in their mind, all they're thinking about is, you're not happy with my performance because I didn't get the same responses and the same applause that other people who were successful got, so I must have failed today. So you almost have to sit back and listen and wait and take the lead from them and let them guide you through it. If they don't want to talk about it and you get home and they still don't want to talk about it, then don't talk about it. If you get up the next day and they don't want to talk about it, what's there to talk about? There is an answer, but not at that moment in time. When do you think the answer is? Or I'm sorry, when do you think the time is? The answer is, when do you think the next time to talk about it is going to take place? You're blowing my mind here, dude. Seriously. Does this happen like when your kids misbehave? Or is this just when they just screw up during a game? No, I, I think it's I think it can be translated at any particular point in time, but we're specifically talking about that ride home after the event because I've already, I've already laid out. I, I, I can get behind. I've already the, laid out what happens if you don't follow a certain set of rules and guidelines when it comes to events with your children. I've already told you what's going to happen. It happens all the time. I've seen it happen. I've witnessed it happen. It's going to continue to happen. If you push your kids too much, you scream and yell and you try and get them to go places that they don't necessarily agree they want to go. There is a time and place. When's the best time and place? Okay, let's just go this direction, Jay. When's the time and place for someone to talk to you about your bad day at work when you've had a bad day at work? When's the time and place? Not not right away. When is it? Whenever I want to talk about so it. So you roll into the house and Abby goes, hey, how was work today? What are you going to, and you don't want to talk about it. What do you say? Fine. It was good. I and, lie. And she's going to go. Well, that didn't sound too enthusiastic. You had a bad day at work, didn't you? Sure. Okay. You know what, Jay? You don't want to talk about this, do you? No. Exactly. So your kids may not be as direct with you, or our kids may not be as direct with us because they're going to see it as a sign of being disrespectful. So we have to understand that that's not a time and place to talk about. Now, 24 hours goes by, and you and your wife are talking, hey, honey, you came home the other day, and you were not a happy camper. What happened? It's a different scenario. I mean that 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 makes it that makes it better. That makes it easier, right? So a little bit. I mean, you're 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 taking away from the moment. You're not in the moment, right? So games on Friday, bad game. They don't want to talk about it. You get up Saturday. Is that a good time to talk about it? Probably not. Sunday, good time to talk about it. I would hope so because I'd probably want to talk about it. <laughs> How about before they go to their next practice? Is that a good time to talk about it? I'm not sure. I, I, I'll be honest with you. This is all new to me. It's all new, right? Is there a certain question we should ask? That's a, yeah, come on. Give me some of that. Okay, so here's the role play. Bring it on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll, we're going to role play a little bit. So, so JJ's my kid. I mean, he's, he is younger than I am, and he's, he's, uh, he, you could probably pass as my, um, my adopted 48-year-old How old do you think I am? child. I'm a 48-year-old <laughs> White child? <laughs> Jesus, I got all my hair, bro. JJ, so you know what? <laughs> you had a bad game on Friday night, and we want to have a discussion about it before your next practice. It's relatively simple. JJ, you didn't look like you were happy at your last baseball game. You looked like you were rather upset. Are there some things that you're going to work on this practice so that you don't have that type of form performance you had last time? Yeah, of course, Dad. I mean, I want to do it again. What are you going to do again? You know, fail. Why are you being sarcastic, JJ? I'm not being sarcastic. I'm telling you, I'm going to go do that. All right. I got it. That's what kids 
freaking sound like, dude. Because they don't want to talk about it. Right. So why do you push them to talk about it? Why don't you just let it go? Why don't you just let it go? Because they don't want to talk about it. Why do we have to force the action? That's the answer. Ah. The same response you just gave me was exactly the response that 99% of the kids, okay, 95% of the kids are probably going to respond that way. Again, you're going to have a 5% of the kids that just go, hey, mom or dad, I didn't play that well. You know, what, what did I do wrong? What did you see I did wrong? There's some of those kids that exist, but a large percent of them don't want to hear it because they've heard the negativity for so long. They just go, you know what? Please get in the car. Don't say a word. Take me home. Let me go off and do whatever I want to do. And we'll try this again next time. The answer is no different than it is as an adult. When you have a bad day at work, you don't want to talk about it. Why can't we treat our children the same way? Give them the same level of respect. Why? Because it's a coachable moment. It's a teachable moment. Well, there are those. I think in many instances, everyone, the teachable moment should come from the kids. Let them teach us the right time to have a discussion with them that's going to help them become better. Listen, my youngest son, Jacob, he gets home with a soccer game. He's going to tell me whether or not he thinks he had a good game or not. Jake, you had a great game. Yeah, I could have done better. I let it go. Because because I could a lot of doors are open. Hey, what, what do you mean you, you could have done better? You did great. Yeah, there's some things I could have done better. Like what? Just Just things. I'll work on them next time. So that's a cue to me to go, you know what? He doesn't want to talk about it. He so or she doesn't want to talk about it until they're ready to talk about it. And when they do talk about it, then you have to take let them take the lead and just take the cues and follow along. So take the cues, be quiet, let them lead, and wait. Just wait. Did I did I break it down there? It's pretty simplistic. I hope a lot of people listen because that's some serious stuff right there. You know, I'm serious. Like that's that's big, man. L- listen. And, and again, I, I was that parent, man, that just would get in the car. I'm like, man, you could have done this. You could have done that. And then later on, I'm thinking, wow, if they could have done it, they probably would have done it. Oh, no one wants to fail. And one, you're a hundred percent correct. And I think just quickly here, as we wrap up, um, the other thing I think that's very important that I have heard from other experiences I've had, uh, where parents get in the car and go, Oh man, I, you had a bad game today. I know it. The coach blew it. The coach blew it. We haven't talked about that, but that's really difficult because then you start having the player then start thinking about, Oh, well, maybe the coach doesn't really know what he's doing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's simple. The simple rule is, is that if, if you're the parent, don't talk about the coach. Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic, right? But I mean, on the way home. On the way. Oh, yeah. Because that's an easy cop out. Oh, totally. Oh, you did fine, son. Yeah, it was the coach's, it was the coach's fault. mistake. Yeah, everybody's always. Oh, they didn't put coach. you in the right offense. So they didn't do the. They didn't do this thing correctly. It's the coach's fault, right? I right. mean, so you've got all those. Or it's, or it's a peer's fault. Well, if the if the kid would have done that, or yeah, you know, if he'd have just pitched better, then everything would be different right now. You would have had better whatever. However, it falls down. It's, it's, that's why it goes down. That's why I really like that idea of you just you you keep quiet, right? You you take a break, you wait for a while, let the kid lead. Don't talk about the coaches, right? 
Don't it, talk it, about anyone. Anything. Anything. I love it. I love it. That's simple for me. Remember, I'm simple Sammy. I like it. I like it broken down. Easy. Easy, easy. I think if I were to go back in time and did it all over again, the one thing I would have absolutely made sure I didn't do is have a discussion after the game about the game's performance. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You know, if if you've done any coaching in your life or you've played, you know, practice is a time to make the mistakes. Practice is a time that you get better. Once the game comes around or once the recital comes around, once it's time to sing in front of 5,000 people, you put your best foot forward and whatever happens, happens. The only way you get better is to go back and practice the next time. Having a discussion with your child after a sporting event is not going to go well. If you proceed to want to break down everything that you believe they did wrong, their peers did wrong, or the coach did wrong. Because you know what? Let's turn the tide a little bit, Jay. What if when the game was over, what if your kid was allowed to sit down with you and go, hey, you know what? I didn't really like your behavior in the stands today. <laughs> what if when the game was over, the your your kid heard all the negative things you were saying about their peers and said, you know, I didn't like the fact you were talking about my teammates today. How about this, JJ? You know what, Dad, I don't like the fact that you were talking about my coach. He's my coach. He's a good coach. I like my coach. Why are you bad-mouthing him? I'm sure as parents, we don't want the tables to be turned and have our kids educate us on how to behave in the stands. So why should we sit there and criticize them when they're on the field doing everything they can to, to, to perform to the best of the, their ability? No, Dad. You hustle. Right? No, Dad. You hustle. Game changing. Game changing. Right. Absolutely. So sometimes when the tables are turned, folks, we don't uh, we don't absolutely uh, to you know put ourselves in that position. So listen, just sort of as we start to wrap this up today, here's here's my thoughts. If if I could have mastered this, you know what? We should do this thing. We should call this the at the end of the the episode. We should call this Dorian's thoughts. Dorian's thoughts. Dorian's thoughts. Here you go. All right, JJ. Dorian's thoughts. Here's my first thoughts. First thought. If if I could have mastered this, there's no question I would have been the athlete parent of the year. I don't know if I would have ever mastered it, but if I could have, maybe I would have been the parent athlete of the year. Listen, emotions, Jay, get the best of us. We know that, right? They get the best of us, but you must make a conscientious decision and a conscientious effort to put aside your feelings and your thoughts and recognize there's a bigger picture. It's about creating great relationships with our children. Just because they have a bad game or a bad event doesn't mean the end of the world. Sports, you know, that's just extracurricular stuff. It creates opportunities for them to be better teammates, better people, um, develop relationships that are going to be everlasting. It teaches them commitments. It teaches them goal setting, planning, teamwork, responsibility, and builds relationships. We lose sight of that because we do want to see them become the best. But the reality is sports and extracurricular activities are just the foundation of children's learning. Dorian's thoughts. I like it. I like it. It's a great way to wrap it up. I got to say, I learned a lot today. And uh, I I guess if any of my children are listening, uh, I'm sorry. Well, because I, I, I learned a lot. <laughs> and I learned a lot today. And if, and if my kids are listening, they're going, wow, 
dad actually is going, man, there's a lot of things he wished he had done different. Mm -hmm. No question about it. Sure. Uh, They turn out fantastic. And most kids are going to turn out fantastic. But uh, but there's definitely an easier way to go about it. Uh, I, I love know. it. This, this is a heavy topic, Jay. This was heavy. It's a the, heavy the next topic. one better be a little bit more lighter. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more fun with that one as well. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys all for joining. Dorian Jackson, JJ Williams for Life is a Game of Inches. We are out. And until next time. Oh, peace. peace.